played for a whole reason of kind of wrapping everything up uh, together and putting a nice little nice little tie on all that we're going through this morning. The truth is, um, um, sometimes um, you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. Uh, which one has nuts? Almond Joy and, and Mounds don't. And sometimes I feel like a nut and sometimes I don't. Some days I'm the windshield and some days I'm the bug. You ever felt like that? Um, and, and some days I have absolutely no idea what to do, what to say, where to turn. Um, and, and so this is, this is what I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about um, from First Peter how he explains to us what we're supposed to do in a situation when we, when we don't know, which was really very near and dear to my heart. Sometimes, sometimes I can see immediate results to my hilarious giving, and then sometimes, like in the video with the plate, you really don't see immediate results, but you know that you're making a difference in a life somewhere. And, and as for me, I don't know about you, I'll be a little bit more personal today. As for me, that, that just doesn't happen Sunday to Sunday. It happens day to day, and sometimes in the middle of the day. Sometimes I just kind of bounce around from, from knowing to wondering and from from questioning to, to, to blessed assurance. And, and so we just kind of, we're just kind of not really sure. And my favorite person and favorite character in all the Bible, of course, is Simon Peter. Um, we have some things in common. He would most of the time put his foot in his mouth. Simon Peter was the one who spoke before he thought so many times. But he was always, he would always tell you just like it is. And it comes from Simon Peter's heart. And we can share that uh, this morning. Before I do that, I want to tell you that I, I love this quote that I ran across this past week from Winston Churchill. And the quote from Churchill says, if you're going through hell, keep going. <laughs> and, and in other words, it is, um, it, it, hell is no place to stop and get off the bus. We just keep going. And, but sometimes, whether you're a pastor, no matter what you're going through, it's like, okay, so it's dark in here. I need to get off this bus. And then you, all you have to do is turn on the news and get the, uh, the images from the Philippines um, or, or find out um, that, that, um, um, that some innocent child's been abused. Um, you, just, you turn on the, the Internet news and, and you can find out that there are neglected children. There's, um, as, as um, Gabe said, there's hunger all over the world. There's hunger right here in our community. There are needs after needs after needs, both, both within our church family and outside of our church family. I mean, exactly where do I want to come out of the sanctuary and actually go into what even looks like an even, an even darker world, a world of, um, of dishonesty within everything from government to religion to academia, um, a world in which, in which you can just get so, so confused and, and um, all you have to do if you happen to work in an office is just go by the water cooler tomorrow as everybody's standing around and, and get all that bad news. And if you can figure it all out, then call me because I don't have it figured out at all. But here's the deal. Uh, the world didn't just go to hell in a handbasket yesterday. All right? So the scripture that we're reading this morning is a couple thousand years old. Um, it's an epistle written by, uh, again, uh, the apostle uh, Simon Peter. And in the particular setting in which we find Peter here is he's, he's writing this 
letter, although the letters are not usually the way Simon Peter would communicate, but he's writing this letter to, to everybody, not just to one church, as Paul would do at Corinth or, or Rome or whatever. And, and, and right in the middle of the people that, to whom he's writing, he's writing to a people who, who um, the theologians call the time of diaspora. They're dispersed. These folks don't have a home. They don't have a church family. Um, during this past week, um, one of the, the things that, I, that, that Maria said just warmed my heart. She said, I'm just ready for my church family again. I'm ready for some Garris Chapel. And, um, and we have that because, because we're a church family. And I was ready for some Garris Chapel too. And, um, but these, these Jewish folks, they have no home. They have no sanctuary. Uh, temple's been destroyed. They're just, they're just scattered. And it is in the midst of this that we hear, and if you'll notice with exclamation points, um, we hear um, things like, there is praise to God, there is hope through Christ, there is inheritance kept just for you, there is God's power through faith, there is actually joy in grief and suffering and trials. And then the most wonderful point is, um, is in verse 8. So I just want to have just a couple of points that I want to share with you and then put it together in, in verse 8 about, um, about what Paul would have us to... Um, to hear this morning. So, I mean, Peter, excuse me. So, if you turn to, if you have your Bibles, 1 Peter 1 1. If you're not accustomed to carrying a Bible, you ain't never going to find it because it's way back there in the back and it's a little bitty, a little bitty letter. So, we'll have it on the screen if you prefer. I'm, um, I'm sharing from the NIV uh, this morning. Simon Peter writes these words Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even through refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Christ Jesus is revealed. Verse 8, Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And even though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God for it. Last Sunday afternoon, 200 plus people actually wanted to have lunch with me, and we were gathered for a pastor's appreciation in the, um, in the Family Life Center, and, um, and, and I knew exactly where my emotions were. It was just one of... Thanksgiving, and then we had, a, for those of you who don't believe this, you need to come, we had a really good council meeting, and, um, um, and everything was just, you know, they even gave me, they even gave, for you visitors, they gave me a brand new stool. Stools actually don't come in sanctuaries, but we adopt it that way. Um, basically, um, basically, I've been sick, but mostly it's because I'm old and lazy, so I get to sit in the, sit in the stool. And, and then I found out, I found out that my church family hears this stool squeak. How many of you ever heard the stool squeak on Sunday morning? That's sad, because I ain't never heard it. 
because I can't be still anyway, as you may have already noticed. It's on a swerve back and forth, and it's driving these folks crazy, and I don't hear it. It's, it's, a, it's a tone that somehow my ears don't pick up, so, um, but it is a lot more comfortable. It's got some pad for my little bony bones, but anyway. Um, but I knew where I was on Sunday, I thought. But I also found out that there are a lot of places that I needed to be, and even up through today and, and tomorrow. And, and I realized through the scripture from First Peter, because after Sunday, I got hooked up to the chemo um, on Monday, like all day long. And, um, you know, you've heard that scripture says, he maketh me lie down. It wasn't green pastures, but it, he did make me lie down. <laughs> and hopefully it'll turn into green pastures um, after all the chemo treatments are gone. But, 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 but I kept, like, where, where am I? Where is the family in this? Where is the church in this? Where is God um, in, in all of this? And then um, I want to just share with you, word for word, part of an article that I, that I found um, I don't do paper a lot, so I must have found it through one of the news services. And it's a real article from, I think it's the Rocky Mount um, Telegram or something. It's the Rocky Mount newspaper, if you're familiar with them. Dated November the 14th. That's just this past week. Now, I'm, gonna just, I'm just going to quote this to you, and you can, you can take it whichever way you hear it. But anyway, um, the, the city says Los Angeles, November 14th. And here's what it says, I quote. It looked like a typical Sunday morning at any megachurch. Several hundred people, including families with small children, packed in for more than an hour of rousing music and inspirational talk and some quiet reflection. The only thing missing was God. Nearly three dozen gatherings called Sunday Assembly dubbed atheist megachurches by their supporters and their detractors have sprung up around the United States and Australia after finding success in Great Britain earlier this year. Still quoting, On Sunday, the inaugural Sunday Assembly in Los Angeles attracted several hundred people bound by their belief in non-belief. Similar gatherings in San Diego, Nashville, New York, and other U.S. cities have drawn hundreds of atheists seeking the camaraderie of a congregation without religion and without ritual, unquote. And I looked at that, and I felt so sorry for those folks who have this big old hole in their heart, and they think that they can go and have some rousing music and a motivational talk and a time of reflection, and that hole in their heart gets filled. And the truth is, they have a big old hole in their heart. So do I, and so do you. For various and sundry reasons, you've been through stuff, you're in the middle of stuff, or if I can use my southern, you're fixing to go through some stuff. But we all know that all that causes that emptiness in our heart. And it's, and it's stuff, and, and it's stuff for different people for different reasons. And, and because we do, we go searching, all of us. That's why we're here. That's why they're there, I suppose. They go searching. But, but to me, it means it kind of shows the desperation that people have, to find something. And what they're looking for is just about as real as our little snow guy here. It's not going to fill that hole in their hearts. So, 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 so what, what does it mean? How do we do that on this Sunday morning? 
as we gather for celebration of new life, while we struggle with, um, with the separation of a physical life of a 35-year-old and an 80-something-year-old all in one week, it's just, it's just something that, that, that God has to give to us. So, and so let me just kind of give you two points from our scripture this morning, just a few minutes, and then just kind of tie it up um, with, that, with that third point. And, and the first one that Peter wants us to hear is, is, um, ties it up in this last verse, and he simply says that although, um, although I have never seen him, and um, I'm hoping that none of you have ever seen God or Jesus in person, although I've never seen him, and I'll take that personally because Peter had actually seen him. So he's, he's looking at me and he's looking at you and he's saying, you have never seen him. But although you have seen, never seen him, well, the scripture says you love him. You cannot imagine how much I love somebody I've never seen. I can't imagine how much I love somebody I've never seen. And when I think about those people in Los Angeles and Britain and Australia, I, I think about how empty they are. And then I think about how sad God must be. Because he's like, he's there, and they won't, because they can't see him, because they can't touch him and feel him, they won't embrace him, they won't believe in him, they won't love him, and, 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 and it's, it's really, really difficult for us to explain. How can we possibly depend on somebody we've never seen in person? And Peter makes it clear, we do that even though we have never seen him. And some of the proofs of that is, is, uh, is the fact that the images coming out of the Philippines, coming out of the typhoon, just, just continue to break my heart. And when I see people who are, are abusive, um, it just breaks my heart. When I see um, all the stuff that goes on in the world, it just breaks my heart. And it breaks my heart because it breaks God's heart. So if I love God... And whatever God loves, then I love. And whatever breaks God's heart, breaks my heart. So, so here's the first thing that I need to, Jerry needed to understand this morning. And, and that is that I needed to understand that even though I, I have never seen him, I love him, and he's in charge of today. I'm just really glad I'm not in charge of today. Um, whatever happens today, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not in charge of, but he's here. He's here, as Jason said, in the sanctuary, but he'll be with you and he'll go out these doors with you wherever you are. He's here today when we celebrate the sacrament of baptism um, with an infant. It's not so that sometimes later on he'll be able to say, yeah, I was baptized, I don't have to do that again. It's so that somehow we know that we love God and he is with us to celebrate brand new life. Brand new life in him. What a celebration as we, as we do the whole circle. And it's only because I just happen to believe in something that I, I can't see. Um, and, it's, and it's only because I've been struggling with everything from my local family to my brothers and sisters overseas. And, and you know, we never know, we never know um, what we do is effective right then. Second thing, I told you I'd be quick. Second thing is, not only do I need to know that he's here now, and I need to know that even though I don't see him, I still love him, and I wish, I pray that I could express that love so that you know what I'm talking about. Um, 
But the second thing is that, is that even though I don't see him physically now, um, that I still believe in him. It's important for me to know that if God never, ever does anything else for me, I still believe in him and I still love him. No matter what happens to me, I'll still believe in him. I'll hang on in it with him. Simon Peter says, even though you don't see him now, then you still believe in him. I don't need to know all the revelation stuff. I don't even need to know how today ends. In fact, I was really kind of glad that last Sunday I didn't know how today was going to end. I don't need to know all those details. I just need to know he's in charge of tomorrow. He's in charge of today. He's got me today. But I need to know he's also got me tomorrow. I can't see him, but I believe in him. I wonder if you believe in something that you can't see. I wonder how good we are at doing that. I mean, I know that he's going to, he already has, God has already put people in place, just not just through the United Methodist Church, but through a lot of people to help people in the Philippines. I know that my church family has already started doing things and helping people, and have been doing them um, for, for our families here, both through Flock and, for, uh, and, and Stop Hunger Now, both through the grieving process and, and that, that whole thing, and then through the joyful process of, of baptism. I know that God's taken care of that. So if I know that, even though I haven't seen Him, I will, I will continue to believe in Him. I, I read a commentary um, just the other day, and it reminds me of something that Jamie Cox almost always talks about when she talks about her music. She normally, this might be the time when she's lecturing the choir or something, but, but sometimes she lectures us in the congregation too, in that, in that our praise and worship, our music, because that's how... God has given her, why God has given her so much talent and so that she understands this, that there are two ways to worship, and, and the one is the vertical way. It's just you and Jesus, uh, which is kind of the way I feel sometimes on Sunday morning when I'm preaching. But it's like, just, it's just, y'all got it. It's just you and Jesus, and you sing and you praise songs, and you really don't care. But I care, but, but you really, it doesn't matter because it's you and Jesus. And then there's this horizontal belief in Him. And, and that's that part where it says that heaven is not something that we, that, that we are just going to be miraculously um, be a part of. It's, it's coming. It's coming. It's, it's actually, it really is. It actually is vertical. Heaven comes to us. Christ comes to us. Read the scriptures. He called us first. We love him because he first loved us. He loved us first. Now, right now, he's in the life of, of Bryce and his family. Now. And so we worship him on, on much more of a, of a, of a horizontal level than a, than a vertical letter, level, as a matter of fact. Um, and, and so, and, and this, I almost forgot, this um, commentary um, uh, says um, that human life, that's you and that's me, um, itself is forward-looking, is stretched out on a temporal line that moves towards the future. Human life is to have something to look forward to is to have something to live for. To have no tomorrow is to be robbed of today. To be given a future is to be given a present. And, and, and you can email me and I'll, I'll get that quote back to you. But to me personally, you know, we're afraid that every time we go to get a scan or go get a test, it's going to be up, it, it's spread. Now, I have to be assured that there is a tomorrow, or either today just doesn't mean the same. Does it mean that... that um, 
that life is going to be normal for, uh, for families here this morning? Absolutely not. But it does mean that he is in tomorrow, and tomorrow can be good. I wish that we had a, we had a, a long time for me to tell you how many times God has blessed me through cancer, how many times he's made good, and I don't mean just got me by, but I mean made good come out of bad. I wish I could, I wish I could share all those times with you. Um, um, and and all, those, all those things, so that, so that, let me close. If I know that even though I've never seen him, I love him, and my prayer is that we would all get there. My prayer is that I would continue and continue to get there because I'm not anywhere near perfect. And then the second thing is that I know that life can be good again because of him. Because I, just because I don't see him doesn't mean that I don't believe in him. In fact, I'm going to just kind of disagree with Peter as we close, and that's that I do see Jesus in you, in you, in you. And because of that, I know, I know that tomorrow can be good. And we can bounce around time to time, minute to minute, hour to hour, trying to figure all this out. Simon Peter says this, if we will finally realize, if we finally get it all together, that, that, um, that our gifts in, in, in a plate or in a present or in a pie or in a cake, for those of you who are looking to send me something, um, all those things, all those things you may not see immediately because I don't put on weight real fast, but you, may, but you have no idea what it means to me. You have no idea what you mean to the Wiggins family and to Miss Gibby Creech's family. And, and the more we hilariously give, either through the givings of our video, the more we get blessed. The more we know him, the more we love him. Our series is on making our journey to Thanksgiving. If you want to be thankful next week, if you want to be thankful, be thankful for what you don't see. Be thankful for what you don't know. And, and, and knowing that, that you make a difference in somebody's life. The worse I feel physically, um, and then the more I can get out and, and help folks, the better I feel physically. It's just the way it is. If you're feeling really, really down, go find somebody to love. And, and, and I said that correctly. If you're feeling really, really down, go find somebody to love. It'll pick you up as much as it'll pick them up. I guarantee you. And you'll never, ever know just how important it is. Well, I feel sorry for those people who are called Sunday Assembly Megachurches for Saints. They are still searching, but they're not going to find it in their unbelief. And I feel sorry for anybody in a Christian church who comes every Sunday, and, and, and I'm glad that you feel good but you still got that hole to fill up when he's here. His name is Jesus. And Peter says, in all of our griefs, in all of our sorrows, we can have unexpressible, glorious, hilarious joy. Lord, let it begin with Jerry. I want to read these names off the cards, and, and then our altar is open for anybody who just wants to come, and if you want me to pray with you.